Welcome to the Big Self Podcast. We're glad you're with us. And whether you're a first-time listener or a dedicated fan, we are thrilled to be here and have you with us. I'm Chad Prevost. Honored to be here with my partner in arms. Hi. Shelly's here. Hello, everybody. You know, um, yeah, I'm just, I love this intro music. Um, it's really, and I it feel just like I'm at a coffee shop. Puts Manhattan. me in a good mood. <laughs> Drinking a nice espresso. Yeah, all oh, the good old days. That's right. Did when we, we could, do that? Yeah, back in the '90s or something. I think. You know, at the at the Big Self School, we want you to connect with the world in a way that's meaningful and get rid of the feeling that life is just passing you by without you having anything to show for it. And to do that, you need a community that supports you as you rediscover your purpose with resources to help you along the way. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and we are having a blast. Well, I am anyway. I hope you are too. Growing this labor yeah. of love, uh, this podcast, this business that we're working on. We want to ask for your help. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you're... Um, if it, even if it's your first time, if you wouldn't mind going over on iTunes, leaving us a review, leaving us a rating, um, we would love that. We have a goal of getting hundred. Is that we want to get up to a hundred? Yes. Um, so, and we got a ways to go. Yeah. So if you uh, if you enjoy it and wouldn't mind doing that for us, that would be awesome. The ratings on iTunes uh, just really help with visibility. Um, and other, you know, algorithmic things. So um, if you if you wouldn't mind, if you have a moment, if you're checking it out, leave us a review. That would be great. Um, you know, we're um, we're trying to have compassion on ourselves. That's what we're talking about today. Um, I think we need a little compassion for ourselves right now because we have a whole lot going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you. Yes, I do know about you. <laughs> I am experiencing a lot of pressure and my pusher um, is in full force as we are headed toward launching Big Self School. Um, for those of you that don't know, the week of September 21st is when we will go live with our classes. Um, we're super excited about bringing six classes to you in our inaugural kind of launch. In the not next one, not two, six. six. Yeah. And we've got three coming out pretty closely right behind that. We're, they're going to be classes, uh, how to find calm, how to bounce forward after a setback, which is all about building resiliency in a really practical and uh, mindful way. We are going to talk about how to have hard conversations. That's one of the classes we'll be offering with the um, charged political climate that we are all in leading up to an election, we thought this would be a really great class I think yeah. that, that we need to take as well. What could go wrong? So we've, we're excited about the classes that we've got. And then in October, we'll be launching Inner Circles, which is, think, you know, if you think of the classes as more of psychoeducation, so you get to learn a lot of really cool content, the inner circles are coaching groups that let you grapple with that content and apply it to your life in a very personalized way. And so you'll be with a small group of people, you know, more than eight people that will go through a 20 week program together to become your big self. And so 
that's exciting too. Yeah, we've also got four books we're coming out with, uh, and so and the and the so it, it's our website is bigselfschool.com. That's bigselfschool.com, and uh, and it's it's alive and alive. And I think we've even got our shopping cart set up for these inner circles, these yeah. workshops, and. I very soon, if not the day uh, that this releases into the world, I think our books will be up on the shopping cart as well. It is how to build self-knowledge. It is uh, desire. How do you want to feel? It is calm and discovering the sources of, you know, really calm is the source of a lot of things. It's how you build mindfulness. It's how you build resiliency, uh, it's how adaptability. You don't, don't let yourself get so outraged by, by people yeah. that uh, have different views than you. Also, one other book, it's uh, called Who Do You Think You Are? 365 Meditations and the Books Where They Came From. And I'm really excited about that. That that was a uh, big project to put together. Um, it was meaningful. Um, but we were thinking, you know, we want, we wanted, what, what are the sources of transformation? You can really get transformed by reading the right content. You can also go through transformation by, you know, meditating. And I thought, well, what more powerful, potent thing than to have some meditations, um, around profound books that could any, any given one of which could change your life. So speaking of changing your life, today we're talking about the practice of compassion, self-compassion. Yeah. And the Dalai Lama, let's start with this quote. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. I like that because what I've been learning about self-compassion, Shelley, is that it's how you interact with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for people? We're what hard is- on ourselves. Now, why are we hard on ourselves? Um, I think that, you know, it's especially in today's um, milieu, our cultural context, uh, you know, it's easy to try to pl- start playing. You know, it's like on Facebook, everyone's celebrate. You, you only kind of celebrate your victories, apparently, on Facebook. And so you start looking, you're just like, look at these amazing lives that every single person I'm looking at is living. And, and, and you start pointing the finger at yourself and you start thinking a little lesser of yourself. Compare, compare it, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's, is that it's a, a professional term that uh, you're using yeah, there? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, this is a really important topic. I think it's tricky, um, because it, uh, it, brings out kind of a conversation we have to have with our inner critic, which means that we have to confront things that we don't love about ourselves. Right. And so, Oh, um, so maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Well, it's much easier to, I think be in denial or avoid or project, um, out onto other people than it is to look inside ourselves and really, uh, be aware of of the inner critic's role and what it's saying to us. So I think, you know, what we want to talk about today a little bit is where does that inner critic come from and how can you meet it with more compassion for yourself? And there actually is quite a bit of research around this topic. 
Kristen Neff is the kind of the main um, leader, thought leader in this field, in this space, and has uh, done a tremendous amount of work around building practices and really helping people understand the roots of self-compassion and why it's so important. So yeah, I think it's first good for us to briefly touch on the inner critic, um, which is the whole point of self-compassion is to kind of combat that inner critic. So yeah, I think that's a good place for us to start. Yeah. All right. Well, and we're just going to give you three stages to this, three takeaways to how you how you can practice some self compassion uh, with yourself. You know, it's um, how you relate to other people is you know is maybe a little bit of a giveaway to how you're going to relate to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that part is interesting um, yeah. about it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think that it makes self-compassion. It's not just this like cheesy little, you know, th- it's, it's different than self care and it's not, it doesn't just mean that you're a softy because you're going to like, you know, be practicing some self-compassion. It means be kind to yourself, which I, I think this is easier said than done. Um, can I start with a personal anecdote? Like something sure. that I, of course, um, I would say, well, I don't know. Like I have two things that come to mind. One, a, a, I remember when our, um, our dog, uh, Huck died and this was like kind of a one-off thing where I was hard on myself, but he had a heart tremor. We were out paddling on the Ocoee river. Um, he was like nine months old, but he was already a 65 pound dog. And, you know, right there on the middle of the river, he had a heart attack and um, started to drown. I, I I don't know if he drowned as well, but I was like, I was in the middle of the deep water. I was like hefting him onto my paddleboard. Um, I guess the long and short of that story is that I was, I felt because of the shock of that whole experience, I had to paddle with him for two more hours while he was just dead on my paddleboard and I had all these feelings of guilt. I don't know why they were kind of, but I just, I felt, you know, a little traumatized, but I felt really bad and I was hard on myself about it. I remember just like when it all caught up to me, I was just weeping the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a small, like, I mean, it was a big event, but it was like a one-off event. I think that if, you could ask me questions about one, one of these. My other example of not being very kind to myself were some years where um, I was more at home while you were out, you know, um, being CEO and the director of happiness. Um, and I was really hard on myself if I didn't get enough writing done, if I wasn't being successful enough when I had this opportunity to be, you know, working from home and boy, did the inner critic could, you know, Mm -hmm. if someone else got a, you know, a big novel deal or some like kind of big outward success while I was like grinding away, but not feeling that success, man. Yeah. And this is the, the power of the critic, the inner critic that can really trip us up because it, it sees a deficiency and it latches onto it. Mm. And oftentimes there is a little like teeny tiny little sliver of truth that it, and that's how it's so powerful because there is, 
there are some aspects of what the inner critic says to us that can be sometimes uh, resemble some truth that, that it wants us to pay attention to. But what happens is the way that I've seen this, the inner critic get really conflated is it latches on to these other parts of our personalities that actually they're called sub personalities. Oh, right. And it, that's when it really does a number on us. And so um, for me, my inner critic really plays well with my inner pusher. So for me, you know, I have a lot of shame, guilt, um, fear around not producing enough or not being valuable enough. Uh, so if I feel if I'm not working constantly and like really driving hard, then my inner critic wants to, uh, you know, the inner critic always has a lot of oughts and shoulds. That's how it talks to us. So it says things like you ought to be working you are you you're being lazy you really don't want this or you'd be working harder than you work and which is interesting because i'm not an achiever type like that's not my personality right but for some reason my inner critic really pushes me hard in that way and so i you know i hear what you're saying about um about huck you know when he died and kind of the the, sh the oughts and shoulds that came from that which of course you had no control over um, but also like you being at home when I was working, uh, out of the home so much, like the, the shame that I think a lot of men experience with not being the quote breadwinner or right. like, you know, producing so much or being successful in the eyes of what culture says a man should be. And I think when you like where we feel that shame is where the critic really works hard to help us kind of work, work on that. Like whatever, wherever shame is coming up for us, that's usually where the inner critic is working overtime. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's apply some of these things to the three stages as we're calling them to self-compassion. The yeah. first would be mind. Well, okay, let me say first, yeah. this is not our research. This is Kristen Neff. So I want to give her credit, uh, and her team and the work they're doing in Austin. Um, so yeah, I think that it's it's really yeah uh, Kristen, good stuff we yeah. need to get Kristen on the podcast let's see if we can do that some, yeah. at some point i would love that she um, has really um i mean over the past 10 years exploded with um a lot of fantastic research on self-compassion and the of the three stages the first stage is mindfulness, mindfulness. wow we said that at the same time yeah. mindfulness yeah, and this is, you know, uh, it's pretty simply just noticing your emotional state. Well, it's okay, for, I think this stage has two, like maybe sub-stages. Um, I would add a little bit here, and she may talk about this, I don't know. But to me, you know, part of a, awareness around our inner critic, it, it means that we have to get mindful and become aware and present when we are feeling shame and discomfort um, and that and that the inner critic is saying things to us in that moment to protect us like there is some work to do around awareness and mindfulness of what you are inner you're very specific each one of us has an inner critic that has very specific things that it says to us 
We have been talking about mindfulness from time to time on the podcast, sometimes um, as like an antidote to anxiety. And uh, I remember when C Camille Kennard was on, she was talking a lot about um, when you notice, you you know, you could, my, this is a way to practice some mindfulness is to be aware of your emotions, right? Notice them, pay attention to them look at them like she was saying i remember as the wave of anxiety was coming toward her rather than like run from it you turn and you face it and by like really i looking it in the eye sort of you disempower it yeah you kind of confront it and that's the same thing i think that we're talking about here with a little self-compassion is to be aware of your emotions, turn to them with curiosity. Yeah. And I, in that awareness, then there's this sense of like, okay, this sucks. This is really uncomfortable. Okay. It's just noticing like yeah. you're having a negative emotion that does not feel good. But what, but I don't think we should stop there when we're talking about this first stage. So you have an uncomfortable or negative emotion. You know, for me, it's not enough just to know that I'm, upset about something I need to, and maybe this is just my personality. I need to understand why, where is that coming from? And that's usually where I, it leads me to the inner critic that, that there's something that it's wanting me to like work hard to fix that is creating that uncomfortable emotion. So I, you know, for me to do the, this work, I need to understand what the inner critic is saying to me and then rise above that almost and I'm in an aware ego place like where I can just observe the inner critic is really freaking out about <laughs> something for me right now yeah. and it is creating this negative emotion. Okay, so that's that's a part of it. I guess the the first part of mindfulness is though is to accept those emotions when you turn to them, right? You're already kind of wanting to do something about it. Well, yeah, I think that's that this stage that Kristen Neff talks about okay. is awareness of emotion. That is the mindfulness she she talks about. Yes. I am wired that I need to go a little bit deeper than that. Gotcha. Like I want to do the work to figure out, okay, if I'm comparing myself to somebody and I'm feeling envious or uh, insufficient or diminished in some way, I've got to figure out where that's coming from. So I kind of, I, you know, pull the thread a yeah. little bit and follow it. And it leads me to my inner critic who, who, if I'm, if I'm aware of the emotion, then I become aware of what the inner critic is saying to me. And it's usually a very protective place. Like, like it wants you to feel jealous and envious because it wants you to stay safe and, and really um, not. Or, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> or, or to do something about it, right? Like it might. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Like its job is to protect you. Um, and that's, you know, the function of it. And it, it does it in different ways. That's what I'm saying. Like with the pusher, sometimes it works with the pleaser. Sometimes it works with the perfectionist part of ourselves, uh, but I but this awareness of the emotion is awesome. That that level of mindfulness is great. <laughs> if you want to do yeah. the deeper work for really transforming that experience into something um, more, I don't know the right word, more powerful for you, then I think you do have to do some of this inner critic work. I suppose that's exactly right because it's not just. 
um, you can look at those emotions, but if you keep having them over and over, I guess being uh, accepting of being angry or jealous or something over and over is only going to do you, but so good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the second, let's move to the second stage, which is common humanity. And I love this step because yeah. when we're in a um, negative downward spiral, uh, usually, you know, when the inner critic is, is doing its job, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's meant to diminish us, to keep us safe is a lot of how it works. We think we're the only one. We think we're the only one that, that is this lousy. <laughs> it's kind of how the critic works. And, and to be able to step back through your mindfulness, you kind of become aware of what you're feeling and, and the job of this critic in your life, then you do start to accept that this is a universal kind of human condition. Like none of us escape this type of inner criticism, this critical self-talk. It's yeah. nobody, nobody escapes it. If you are a human, then you have this kind of inner dialogue going on. Now we all have different uh, variations of it depending on our, our childhood and our conditioning, but we all have this, this um, compelling voice in us that's about self-improvement. It's like self-improvement through self-flagellation. Yeah, how that works. it's a very American uh, thing as well, um, it seems. But, you know, it's I think it's going back to the quote from the Dalai Lama, if uh, it helps us have, you know, when we have more compassion for ourselves, there is, you know, it's the idea of the universal comes through the particular. And so like through our ex- experience and understanding that, hey, we're not the only ones mm-hmm. feeling um, these critical ways everyone does, then we can have a little bit more compassion for others. Yeah, I think it's easy to to believe that somehow I'm the only one that feels this way. And this is, you know, when I, I talk about community so much, like the power of community, like we can't do this self person, you know, growth work, personal development work in isolation. And I think this is exactly one of the reasons why we need to somehow see and identify with what we're experiencing that, oh yeah, everybody else does too. So all, all suffer. All of us do. Yeah, even though maybe right now some people are suffering um, less than others, like I think that, you know, a lot of introverts, you know, um, a lot of people that have creative projects or or wanted some more time at home in the first place may be doing great. They may be like, you know, building those birdhouses that they always wanted to do. They may be, you know, gardening. They may be um, hitting the weights in their garage a little bit more. I don't know. Um, but like there are these projects or software that they always wanted to learn. And, and they're getting to do it. And maybe they're even sh- sharing or celebrating the results on social media. And we're seeing that and we're starting to go, oh man, you know, not feeling as good about ourselves, not practicing as much self-kindness. Besides that though, you know, I think that even those introverts, even those people who are kind of seizing the opportunity of all of this um, at home alone, uh, solitary time, I tell you, it's been a long time at this point and little tastes of like getting together in groups feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. This, this season for me has been, 
interesting, particularly hard with like, cause I have this, this strong instinct to, to push, like push, 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 push. Um, <laughs> and, and it, that's where my inner critic. So, so I, I am fighting a lot of inner messages, inner dialogue around, um, you have this one shot, you have this one life, you know, yes, yeah. maybe, and they, maybe people are down and out during COVID-19, but you better pick it up. You better go. You got to use this time valuably, yeah. like do not stop. You need to, I don't care if it's Sunday, you need to work today. You need to crank this stuff out. So I am in this weird limbo land between like, like, necessary stopping and pausing because that's just what is happening right now versus my inner dialogue and inner world is very much like this overdrive, like in this high. So I'm like revved up in high gear. You get like that. But I'm not really going like where I want to be going, which is not, you know, which feels very out of control. And so the way I think my inner critic is, managing that for me is it's working a little bit harder to kind of beat me up. And so I'm, yeah. a, I'm at least aware of it. And I'm aware that when I'm feeling super stressed and burdened yeah. by like so much to do and that I'm put, I'm doing that to myself because yes. of the, the function of this critic in my mind. You know, one thing that's really been um, helpful to me um, to do something that's sort of like, non-purposeful but but like still feels like i don't know i'm doing so it's it's been learning the bass learning i've been you know i've of course i played guitar all my life but i never like really was like i am going to like learn the bass and get good at it or as good as you know i i guess i can with a little practice and it feel it's it's good and it's like it's refreshing and now so i know that you you wanted for your birthday a banjo and you've barely touched that banjo. You know why? Because of this inner critic push, yeah. push. I that's why I'm bringing it yeah. up. I'm bringing it up like maybe because that like, could be a little bit of an like, anecdote. Listen, yeah, it's a waste of time to get in there and play that banjo. You need to get in here and you need to automate <laughs> this class and you need to figure out your social media. You know, like yeah. that's I that's know. definitely the voice. Yes, yeah. yes. And and what I'm saying though is the frustration that I'm aware I feel because I can't do as much as my inner critic wants me to be doing right now. Uh, right. Well, so, I was just trying to help you practice a little I know. self-kindness. I, I think once we get With, through launch, uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to be a banjo girl, banjo girl again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah so stage yeah. three of uh, Kristen Neff's um, theory here is stage three is self-kindness. Yeah. I just, and so, just yeah, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> I worked that. That was a transition. Okay, good. Yeah, I like that. So I think the, you know the first step is really about uh, awareness that this is this hurts, this is uncomfortable, this is what I'm feeling. The second step with this common humanity is, you know, I'm not alone in this. We all struggle with this. And then the third one is, you know, she talks a lot about Neff talks about like truly being warm with yourself, like put, put, put your, sometimes I'll even do this, like put my hand on my heart and like really talk to myself in terms of like kindness. May I be kind to myself. Hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, she talks about getting into the persona of someone else, 
that loves you unconditionally that you know would only say positive and oh right and and healthy and helpful things to you it's like just, an unconditionally loving friend or something correct yeah yes so so it's this this stage is kind of you know self acceptance may i accept accept myself may i may i be strong may i be patient in this and so it really is finding um kind of the counter to the inner critic might be the the inner kindness you know i don't know what we <laughs> want to call it but the, but but yeah. really tapping into that voice uh, and the more we practice it the more that it becomes a default voice where a lot of times our default voice is to when we feel shame or guilt or you know these uncomfortable emotions we default into the critic listening to the critic but with practice and time and patience with yourself then you can begin to default into kindness toward yourself yeah uh it is uh, you know easier said than done like a lot of these things uh is, is there research um i'm sure that there must be a lot of recent research what's what's some current research that demonstrates that this, this practice of self-compassion um does lead to uh, more positive results. Do we do we know of anything? Well, I mean, I would just steer people to Kristen Neff's uh, her center in Austin, the Center for Mindful Self Compassion. Go to their website. Yeah. Um, she has a whole team of people that that are really kind of the leading researchers on this work. And so, uh, yeah, we do know that people that have a practice of self compassion. So even if it doesn't come easy for them. If they are in a habit of practicing it, it does lead to higher, like better outcomes and gains with physical and mental health. So we do know that there, and then, I mean, to me, that's kind of like, duh, <laughs> like the kinder you are, we are with ourselves. Of course, the happier we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to bounce back from when things are not going well, we're going to be physically healthier. We're going to sleep. I mean, like all those benefits are going to be a part of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that by, I mean, I guess, you know, in some ways we should define self-compassion briefly by what it's not. And it's not self-pity. It's, um, it doesn't mean you're weak. It's not being selfish by, you know, having compassion for yourself. But I think maybe the most uh, important one for us to contrast it with is self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Because I could very much see, you know, um, someone saying, oh, this is being kind to yourself is that Jack Handy thing from Saturday Night Live <laughs> of, you know, yes. um, yeah. people like me and... Yeah. You know, so, on it, I'm okay and you're okay and yeah, I think I mean they're they're similar, of course, but they have a little bit. They kind of like go run parallel to each other. So self esteem is really built and developed through consistent challenge and mastery. So we yeah. have something that's hard, we figure it out, we master it. You know, whatever it is, playing the bass, public speaking, writing a book, and as we evolve into mastering something that's hard for us. The, the result of that is higher self-esteem. Yes. So it has to do with productivity as well, right? Like what you're accomplishing, what you're doing, yeah, what you're I, good at. I think that's the, the mastery of whatever task we're setting out to do. If we do it, we're productive with it, then yes, it will lead to you know, healthy, higher self-esteem. So self-compassion ah, yes. is, I think, in that journey, 
uh, we can practice self-compassion or we can practice self-flagellation, self-loathing, self-criticizing. Um, so it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a way that we can build self-esteem, right? It's a part of, of as, as we are, have these tasks in front of us, we can either beat ourselves up over them or we can have compa- self-compassion in the midst of them. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, yeah, I think so. Um, you, you, you build on self, uh, kindness in kind of an unconditional way, treating yourself good just because you are a human being, right? Not, I mean, because you, you can either have self-loathing or you can try to build yourself up a little bit and be kind to yourself. And it does then result in maybe having higher Mm self-esteem as you practice the mastery of it? Yeah. So I'm going to leave people with a little activity that they can do. Um, You know, do it with yourself. You can do it with your kids. Um, If you want with a partner, you know, you can get a self-compassion buddy that you work with. And this is actually uh, from Neff and she, it's called the self-compassion letter. And the way that this works is you identify something about yourself that you feel ashamed of, you feel insecure about, or you feel like it's just, I'm not good enough in this way, whatever it is. It can be, it can be anything and write that down and really understand like all the the aspects of it that, that why you feel so uh, criticized internally by whatever that whatever that is. And then what you do is you simply write a letter to yourself as if you were someone that loved you unconditionally, was uh, incredibly kind, really wanted you to see other perspectives and other angles, uh, and really give yourself a glimpse of yourself from that person's eyes. And this is something that, again, it's a, it's a, practice like it's something that you can do as you're feeling these negative emotions come up and the more you practice the more that you will begin to have really what they call that interjecting so you pull in that voice into your own mind and then it becomes a part of your your repertoire as you deal with this this whatever this uh, event is or this shameful insecure not good enough kind of idea then you begin to have that voice as a part of of your repertoire and how you can deal with this thing. Wow. I want to interject some, some self-kindness into my life. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and tuning in uh, to the Big Self Podcast here. We are bringing it to you each and every week. We're going to start having more guests on again. So uh, yeah. I want that so badly. I love you, but I'm ready to talk to other people. It has been fun establishing our footing here together as co-hosts. But yeah, we're lining up some uh, thought leaders, influencers, some life coaches, um, all different kinds, some um, awesome researchers and writers. Yeah. 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 So um, those will be happening over the coming weeks. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter, check it out at bigselfschool.com. You can find it there. Um, And, you know, we talk about this week, it's um, the journey from self-criticism to self-compassion. That's, um, it's all the theme. The theme of September is self-knowledge, where it all begins, Shelley. Yes, it does. That is the birthplace for all of this work. Absolutely. You all have a fantastic week, and we will look forward to seeing you here next time. See you soon. Thanks. 
thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision-making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.